NPR. My name is April Simpkins. I'm an office manager at a university in Nashville. Not a native, but my husband was a Nashville native, so. His name was Joe. He was diagnosed in 2013. He was 61 years old. Joe Simpkins was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, the most common form of dementia. It's a brain disorder that slowly destroys memory and thinking skills, and eventually the ability to carry out the simplest tasks. As his disease progressed, um, it became more difficult to for him to just be at home by himself, and there began to be, you know, issues of safety. April did her best to care for Joe at home at first. We would be out in the car somewhere, and he would suddenly not know who I was, and he would be trying to get out of the car and, you know, things like that. After nearly three years, she realized he needed full-time care. It is a very expensive um, proposition to care for someone in a memory care facility. Um, I think during the last year that he was there, uh, we were paying around $7,300 a month. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Darian Woods. And I'm Patty Hirsch. Thanks to advances in medical science, many Americans are living longer. But increasingly often, our bodies are outlasting our minds. More than 7 million Americans now have dementia, and many of them require the kind of full-time care that Joe Simpkins needed in the last years of his life. The cost of that care is rising to individuals and to the state. We're now at the point where there's effectively a kind of tax on each and every American to pay for memory care. On today's show, we'll look at why this has come to pass and what the implications are for the economy. That's all coming up after the break. This message comes from NPR sponsor, American Express Business. The Enhanced Amex Business Gold Card is packed with benefits, like four times points that adapt to your top two eligible spending categories every month on up to $150,000 in purchases per year, and up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This message comes from NPR sponsor Comcast. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to reach millions with digital skills training, resources, and opportunities needed to succeed in a digital world. Learn more at comcast.com slash project up. This advertisement comes from our paid sponsor, Fundrise. High interest rates mean that real estate assets are available at a discount compared to previous valuations. The Fundrise flagship fund plans to expand its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. Add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio at fundrise.com indicator. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the fund before investing. Read the prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. When April Simpkins started looking for a memory care home for her husband, she didn't look for that long. She heard about a place called Abe's Garden. And when she went to look at it, she knew it was the right place for Joe. At the time, it was very different from other uh, memory care places. And um, it just had a different feel about it. It was very open and very, you know, it had a beautiful courtyard and just lots of, of room for him to move around. 
It was also expensive. You know, it was that $7,300 a month. That's slightly higher than the median cost of memory care, but not by much. Some facilities charge as little as $3,000 a month, while others cost as much as $12,000. Julie Zosimopoulos is a professor at the USC School of Public Policy. She says the cost isn't related to purely medical costs, like, say, a high-cost drug. So this progressive degenerative disease um, requires really high levels of care. That means more highly qualified carers, and more of them than for regular elder care. 24-hour nursing, full board, constant supervision. Julie and other researchers at USC's Schaefer Center for Health Policy and Economics have spent years crunching the numbers on the costs of Alzheimer's disease, which, as you remember, is the most prevalent form of dementia. It's a massive cost. It's higher than the cost of cancer and heart disease put together. $300 billion a year, more than two-thirds of which is paid for by the government. That means there's effectively a dementia tax in America of about $600 every year for every single person in the U.S. Now, Julie says the rate of dementia diagnosis is trending down in the U.S., but many Americans are living longer, which means more cases, more care, and more costs. Costs are increasing because we have this growing number of persons with the disease. And then, as we know, overall, healthcare expenditures tend to increase over time. So without any changes in prevention or risk reduction, um, we're projecting these costs to reach $1.5 trillion in 2050. $1.5 trillion. Now, if the same share of that is going to be paid for by the taxpayer as it is now, and the U.S. population grows at about the rate that it's growing today, that dementia tax will rise to roughly $2,500 a year on every adult and child in America to pay for that memory care. And that's just the first part of the cost, the direct health care costs. Then there's the impact on the labor force. People who get sick with dementia have to stop working. And too often, a family member also has to quit their job to take care of a loved one. It's a double whammy. So we already know that our population is aging and that impacts the total number of workers in the labor force that are producing. And so we're worried about keeping up this engine of economic growth with a shrinking labor force. Now you're adding to that productive individuals who are leaving the labor force to care for their family members. And right now, there is no way out for families who find themselves in this dementia dilemma. They can either spend whatever savings they have on memory care or drop out of the workforce and provide that care themselves. So that's where we as a society have failed. We have no ways for, no good ways for families to reduce their risk associated with these very large out-of-pocket expenses associated with this. And all of these other impacts on the younger generation, the the family caregivers, the adult children, the spouses, on their health, on their work, on their productivity. The government has tried to address this in the past. Jason Furman is a professor of economics at Harvard. He was also the chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors during the Obama administration. He says there was a push to get ahead of this issue with policy in the late 90s and the early aughts, but it fizzled out. The Affordable Care Act actually set up a long-term care program, but it was really poorly designed and was repealed before it went into effect. And it's barely on the agenda of the political system anymore. And with no political fixes on the horizon, the emphasis is on finding a medical solution. 
Julie Zizimopoulos says a new drug was recently introduced that may slow the progression of Alzheimer's. But her research team focused on what might happen if we found ways to delay the onset of Alzheimer's in the first place. We just said, what if we could delay it for five years? And the, um, the results are quite striking. So we found in 2050, we would save $600 billion as a society. Um, and there'd be about 40% fewer persons with the disease just by delaying it. But delaying it's also an expensive prospect. It would require coordinating millions of people to change their lifestyles, like how much they exercise, what they eat, even their education. It would mean rigorous testing and monitoring of a large elderly population paid for by either insurance or the government. It's not even really clear how the government might pull it off. I feel so much privilege around the fact that I had family who could help me and also just a a steady job of my own. April Simpkins says she's grateful that she had resources, a job and a generous family to lean on to help her pay for her husband's care. She says she's learned a few things. If he had had long-term care insurance, that would have paid for it, but he didn't. And so it was his Social Security benefit and, honestly, help from my family. April signed up for a long-term health care insurance plan that she says will pay for memory care if she needs it. But she's one of the lucky ones. Yes, most of the millions of Americans who will contract dementia in the coming years won't have that safety net. They'll be relying on their relatives and on the government, which means eventually we'll all have to pay. This episode was produced by Julia Ritchie with engineering by Neil Rauch. It was fact-checked by Cooper Katz-McKim. Kate Cannon is our editor, and The Indicator is a production of NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, ShipBob. E-commerce logistics making you question why you started your business? Time to outsource fulfillment to the experts over at ShipBob. Get a free quote at shipbob.com. ShipBob. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXLlearning.com. We have perverted our Constitution. Perverted it with regard to a welfare clause that doesn't exist. Perverted it with regard The question to- was, is he too dangerous? Is he too crazy? The new podcast, Landslide, telling the story of the presidential races that led to today's divide. Those are the seeds of the culture war. Landslide, part of the NPR Network. Subscribe now.